I'm Emily. I'm Molly. And you're listening to Stupid Genius. Stupid Genius. Stupid Genius. We've got actually a genius episode today. So genius. I know, right? I'm so excited for this one. Yeah, same. So excited because today we're talking all about an issue which is so close to my heart, which is dwarfism awareness and something that I know Emily really, really cares about as well. And it's something that we should all be deeply interested in. Uh, Every day, people with dwarfism face discrimination and abuse, both online and also in person as well. Uh, People with dwarfism are often dehumanized, which is evident in the offensive and extremely problematic use of the term midget and in degrading roles such as quote unquote midget tossing. And keeping people with dwarfism as pets, it's really, really shocking. And one of my best friends actually has dwarfism. So this is something that um, I've been aware of for a long time. But the more and more I speak to people, I realize that a lot of people actually aren't aware of what's going on. I definitely wasn't aware until you brought it to my attention. Yeah, and I think that's why we've just got so much to learn, um, us, the listeners, everyone, um, from listening to the lived experiences of people with dwarfism, including today's speaker, um, and also our speaker's knowledge as a really experienced and very skilled researcher as well. Yeah, I'm really excited for today's episode. So today we have the amazing Dr. Erin Pritchard joining us as a guest. So who is Erin? Erin's a senior lecturer in disability studies at Liverpool Hope University and is a core member of the Centre for Culture and Disability Study. She is also an editor for the Disabilities and Society Journal and is a consultant for Disney. Yeah, Disney. Amazing. Isn't it amazing? Importantly, she's also a significant activist for the rights of people with dwarfism. As a woman with dwarfism, Erin's research focuses on some... Focuses... Go on, try again. (laughs) Erin's research focuses on some of the issues people with dwarfism experience, including, but not exclusive to, problems around terminology, navigating a disability-built environment, and the roles of people with dwarfism in media. So, without further ado, we are adieu. Adieu. (laughs) Is that how you say that word? (laughs) It felt right. So, without further ado, welcome Erin to Stupid Genius. We are so happy to have you on the podcast. Uh, But before we dive into our main ramble today, it wouldn't be Stupid Genius if we didn't get going with some stupids and some geniuses of our own. So, Emily. Yeah. Do you want to kick us off with the stupid? Yeah, because mine's pretty stupid. (laughs) So, I don't know how we got onto this topic. I don't know. I just suddenly stated that glass was liquid. And obviously, my partner, Vim, was like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, it's 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 a liquid, isn't it? And this takes back to, take me back to when I was probably like 13. My science teacher stood up in front of the whole class and said, glass is a liquid. And as the impress, impress, oh, I can't even speak. Impressionable? Impressionable <laughs> young one. lady I was, I was like, fact not gonna question that and i'll take that until i die (laughs) what so you thought glass was liquid like as it is like as a glass i thought yeah i thought glass windows were a liquid and you know what his (gasps) was in if there was liquid in the middle of it no i just thought it wasn't a solid i thought it was a liquid because over time this is what the teacher said over time if you measure a, a glass at the bottom of it to the top it's thicker at the bottom than it is at the top and what? Was, no, no. This is something QI. This is no, no, no. This is this is wild because 
obviously, as I was just talking about it and trying to back my corner, I realised how ridiculous it was. But then do you know that glass is made from sand, right? No, and this 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 confuses me as well. But I didn't. I did some research. What you, I didn't think it was made from sand. Huh? Is it, it made is from right? Sand? Yeah. Glass is made from sand. See, this is where I just didn't dive <laughs> into it. I just, I but just I think, think it's back. I think it gets like melted down. In which case, at some point in its life, I guess glass is liquid. Well, I just want to say I I asked Google. Obviously, is glass a liquid? And it it literally just came back with it's a solid. <laughs> Uh, and they said it is an odd one though because it's amorphous solid because it um, lacks amorphous because it lacks yeah amorph amorphous I think I, I feel know. like I'm already learning today and um, because it lacks the order um, molecule structure of a true solid yeah its irregular structure is too rigid for it to quantify as a liquid in fact it would take a billion years for a few of the atoms in a pane of glass to shift at all so this is what my teacher was talking about in terms of take a billion years. You measure the bottom of the glass. And Emily's the just like imagining every window just like pouring just down pouring after. Down. <laughs> so that was my, it was like such a big stupid and such a big just, I don't know, we get told stuff as kids and then just go, yeah, that's, that's fact. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, There's so many things like that as a kid where you just get told it. Because I lie to my nieces and nephews all the time. Like, you know, funny stuff like the sharks in the canal and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. And you think at what point in their age will they be like, oh, hang on a minute. Or like if you pull a funny face in the wind, you're... It's going to get yeah. stuck. <laughs> okay, so that's your stupid. Erin, do you have a stupid? I have plenty of stupids. Um, it's just trying to think of them. But, uh, well, getting here today, I sort of got off the wrong bus stop. So it was actually half an hour early and I still couldn't find it. And I live, I've lived in Liverpool for so many years oh, now. Oh, my God, Erin. No, it was nice walking about and getting into the sort of this area where, you know, because I, I live in, well, I work in Chilwell. Um, other stupids... I mean, my dad used to tell me that he used to hunt polar bears in Wales. Okay. <laughs> I love that. And he actually had a scar on his hand that he used to say was where he got attacked. And you're there going to school like, my dad my fights dad. with polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a cooler stupid than mine. Glasses are liquid. I mean, it's definitely cooler than my stupid. Definitely cooler than mine. Listen, did you believe it? What, at what age did you... I think it was always something my sister told me that she remembers, so she always believed him. I probably would have believed him. I just can't remember, but that was something... He used to tell us, and I remember then when he showed us that scar on his hand, I was like, yeah. Whoa. I mean, Wales is a wild place, guys. Wales. Be careful out there. Yeah, yeah. Well, the polar bears are the least of your worries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's, that's very true. true. Um, I'm quite embarrassed to share my stupid now <laughs> because I'm sort of scraping the barrel with this. Um, today, I was so excited because it's sweater weather. Sweater, sweater weather. weather. <laughs> um, so I was like, oh, I'm going to get my tights and my boots on. Anyway, I've put some tights on. There is literally zero elastic left in these tights. Not only were my tights around my knees when I was walking to the station, but so were my knickers. Because <gasps> yeah. Literally, they were dragging everything down. Luckily, I had like a long trench coat on, so I just like did my. It's a nightmare. So... I did get a text in the morning going, "Emily, bring tights. <laughs> if you have... weird request, but bring tights. Bring me some tights." So my stupid was to be honest. When I put them on this morning, I was like, "Hmm, these are a bit baggy," but I just thought, "Screw it, it's fine." So that was my stupid. A uh, good tip for tights is put on some like cycling shorts over the top of them, and they just hoik them up and. That is actually an oh, excellent yeah. tip. Excellent that is an excellent tip. tip. There you go. Or um, oh, another pair of pants. Another pair of braces. <laughs> yeah, some braces. That would work, actually. Okay, what about geniuses? Uh, mine is, mine's actually PhD related. Not <laughs> Shocker. Shocker, because, yeah, I can do a PhD even though I think silly things like glasses liquid. Um, I just, I've been worrying about these themes for my interviews and 
um, had a meeting, really productive meeting yesterday with my supervisor, and they're locked in. Woohoo! So all I can do now is just write out the results. Woo! Yeah. That's so I'm really excited. Amazing. That's really good. It's just like it's so exciting. a weight lifted off my shoulders. They're locked in. Everyone confirms. Everyone's like, yeah, we're happy. Let's get going with the writing. And it's been quite a journey, hasn't it? Because like you tend to do more quantitative research. So like doing the thematic analysis has been a challenge, but you've totally risen to it. It For sure. I was just putting it off, if I'm honest. <laughs> and then I had to be like, just do it. Like you can do it. You've got I had access to people who had done coding and interviews before. And once I asked people, I was like, oh, OK, it's not as daunting as I thought it was. And then actually, it was, I really enjoyed it. I shouldn't say I enjoyed coding because it can be boring reading through and like putting through the individual codes. But actually... Yeah, these things are never as bad as they seem. No, no. And I, yeah, and enjoy, I'm going to enjoy writing it up because it's, it's so different from quantitative. Quantitative, you don't get any emotion involved, really, do you? It's just numbers, but quotes, you really get get a sense of feeling of what people are going through or yeah you get to use your voice to interpret yeah them. yeah it's really interesting i'm excited to excited to read it when you've yeah. got it all who'd have thought spareholes were so exciting <laughs> <laughs> probably not the right word in. not exciting but no i know interesting yeah yeah excellent what's your uh, genius erin uh i've got a contract for a new edited book Another one? Yeah. (laughs) Another one. (laughs) Bloody hell. So it's about uh, people with dwarfism. I thought, you know, there's always people with dwarfism who do great stuff, but we'd never hear about them. We always hear about the entertainers doing very derogatory stuff and complaining that they don't get to play an elf or do a panto. So I wanted, and people always say it's a job for them. So I wanted to challenge this notion. And I know quite a few people with dwarfism who are great actresses or actors who don't do anything derogatory, like Peter Dinklage, but there's so many more than him. Or, you know, do media stuff like we're doing now, podcasts, blogs, to raise awareness about dwarfism, and they don't get much recognition. So each chapter is based on them. So most of them are writing their own chapter, and for some that don't have time, I'm interviewing them and writing their chapter, and then they're contributing to it. And so hopefully we've got a contract with Emerald Publishing, and so if everyone does it, then should be out 2024. That sounds amazing. Yeah. I'd love to read and that. And so soon, right? Like next year. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. You're a good busy person. You are an actual machine when it comes <laughs> to like publishing. And thank God you are because, you know, you are shedding light on these issues, which we'll come on to talk about. I can't wait to, to read that. Yeah. Yeah. Me that too. sounds so exciting. Because you're so right, you know, like with like Black History Month, we do a lot about, um, you know, trying to raise awareness of maybe people of colour who have, had achievements that haven't been recognized but i've never heard of that with people with dwarfism of people actually celebrating and talking yeah. about those achievements which like you say there are tons of so um that sounds really really good yeah and like to get a little snippet into yeah different people's it was inspired by um a book that was written in 2005 by betty adelson who wrote about dwarfs from, from history till 2005 basically and showing that dwarfs like there was one guy uh, will wheaton i think he is uh, an astrophysicist another was an engineer you know, lawyers, teachers, you know, people that have done great things with dwarf, uh, having dwarfism and done these great things but never get recognised. Yeah. Because yeah. that would be like, well, a dwarf can't be an engineer, you know? That, yeah. That, so I think that's really interesting and what people should know about. Yeah, definitely. sure, because I think the only exposure, which we'll probably really dive into, <laughs> is through, like, media, right? Um, yeah. And it can't always be... Or isn't necessarily always positive, but you'll I'll, have to I'll, let us know. I won't ruin what we're going to yeah, talk about. Yeah, you'll have to let us know when it comes yeah, out. Yeah, please. And we'll um, so share cool. it on the Instagram. Um, Gommals. 
oh, well, I don't want to go after that. Yes, nothing's going to compete. <laughs> How am I going to compete with that? <laughs> yeah. um, so my genius was... I did some writing. <laughs> Shut up. I haven't done the writing, okay? Leave yeah. me alone. Um, a few weeks ago, I think my... Um, I think I shared on the podcast that I'm a co-author on a paper and oh. we had submitted it to a journal and it got death rejected within like 20 minutes. Oh, and this brutal. is with a pr- brutal... This is the professor and a senior lecturer as well. And I think they were a bit pissed off because they were like, there's no way they could have even have read half of the paper in that time. So mm. how have they death rejected it? You know, there was a little bit of a, it was a bit annoying. Anyway, it got resubmitted yesterday and it's under review. So keeping everything's crossed. Yeah. And my other paper, which is also under, it's un, oh, really hard to say, under, under review, yeah. um, has gone back out to second reviewers. So I guess it's like a watch this space genius. It's not yeah. a genius yet, but I'm hoping. No, it's genius. I think it's, it's just genius. getting them out there. And yeah, and it's so hard, the review process. And you could just have someone on a bad day or something. And, you know, uh, some, I think this is something that's great to talk about because so many academics, whether entry-level professor they get papers rejected and yet we always think we're the only ones yeah mm. yeah we need to really normalize rejection in academia yeah, for definitely. sure no one no one goes on twitter so, sometimes my supervisor does which i really like or he comes and tells me like just got rejected just thought i'd normalize rejection yeah. which i think is really lovely because on linkedin we put all our wins don't we yeah. like, just had this published which is obviously you need that as well yeah but, but yeah, you go and scroll on Twitter or LinkedIn, you're like, oh, okay, everyone's doing everything yeah. amazing. Just been death rejected. Yeah. Hashtag sad. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll start Post doing appearance. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh. oh, okay. Well, you know, some good stupid, some good geniuses. But should we actually get onto our ramble? I think we should. I think we should. Yeah. Let's do it. So, as we said at the top of the episode, today we are discussing dwarfism and the importance of increasing the awareness around the challenges that people face, um, people with dwarfism face. But for people who are unsure of what we mean by dwarfism, Erin, can you please explain what dwarfism is? Okay, so dwarfism is a medical condition uh, which results in a person being no taller than four foot ten, and it has there's hundreds of different types of dwarfism. Uh, most common is achondroplasia and so there's two main types or groups of dwarfism there's genetic dwarfism which is like achondroplasia Uh, my limbs are short but my uh, body's of average stature Uh, and then there's spinal complications and everything but then there's proportionate dwarfism which is hormonal dwarfism usually and this has practically been eradicated in western society because of growth hormone injections so yeah so that's basically dwarfism that's so interesting like as I mentioned at the top of the episode one of my best friends who I've been best friends with for many 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 years has dwarfism and I have never heard of that second hormonal type of dwarfism that's incredible so it's been eradicated you said like practically but if if like if you look at the Wizard of Oz those the munchkins they the, the actors who played them had hormonal dwarfism most of them anyway so it's that proportional, or if you go back to the freak show of General Tom Thumb, he had proportionate dwarfism. Right. But, um, what's his name? Hezbollah, whatever, the, the the guy that's with the MMA fighters. From, oh, oh, yeah, so yeah. I'm bad with names. Wrestling. I'm really so bad with names. Probably, but yeah. I know who you mean. I know who you mean. He's got um, the growth, growth hormone dwarfism. And of right. Course, in the, you know, some countries there's lack of um, access to medical treatments. 
not that it matters if someone's got growth hormone. Yeah, of no, course. No, no, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that's interesting. Thank you for explaining that. Now we're going to dive into your first book, um, which Emmy and I have actually both had the pleasure of reading and was amazing. So listeners, if you're interested in this, which believe me, you will be by the end of this episode, then go out and check it out. It's called Dwarfism, Spatiality and Disabling Experiences. I'm saying your first book, was that your first book? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. There's You've some... just got so many, you know? I remember the title. <laughs> yeah. yeah, talking about quotes, there's some really, really amazing sort of yes quotes from people and if we had more time today we definitely like read some excerpts because it's a brilliant read yeah Um, very moving yes and in that book you explained that your motivations for writing the book were both personal and also academic so from a personal point of view you note that one of the biggest obstacles you face having dwarfism is actually not the associated uh, potential health complications which some people might initially think but actually it's more about how society responds to you having a short stature so we just wondered if you could tell us a little bit more about your experiences of how society responds to you having dwarfism. Okay, well, on any level, it's so it's never been listened to that lack of voice. So whether it's um, with education and social workers telling me what dwarfism's like, telling me what it's like to have dwarfism, I don't know how somebody who's five foot odd knows that, but they still had that you know arrogance to tell me. But it's the general society is the reaction, so the pointing, staring, laughter, name-calling, name-shouting, you know, playing jokes, picking you up, because what they've seen is these particular cultural representations of dwarfism that we still have in the media, like on shows like Life's Too Short, in the pantomimes, where dwarfism is just something to be mocked and ridiculed. Mm. So people all of a sudden see a real-life dwarf and treat you in the exact same way. And so um, from children to adults and children, you can kind of forgive, but the adults or the parents, guardians do nothing, sometimes encourage it, sometimes look embarrassed. Um, but in, in a lot of cases, it is just adults mm. yeah. reacting very negatively. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine some people just feel not like not knowing how to navigate it. So completely <laughs> avoid it com- in, in completely, which also also doesn't help the situation because then. Who wants to be ignored as like as a person? Yeah. I can imagine that's so difficult. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I'm I hope anyway a lot of our listeners are hearing that and feeling shocked, you know, because you know, I think if another um, I don't know, maybe someone that was a racial minority or someone with a different disability was experiencing those sorts of responses, um, we would have absolute outcry. You know, mm-hmm. society would be up in arms if people say a person of colour was being pointed and laughed at and shouted at in the street. It would be a hate crime, you know? Yeah. And so to hear that um, people are experiencing that on a daily basis, it makes my blood boil. It, it really makes me angry. And I, but, but also before even doing all all of this, I mean, we've, we've previously met and I had no, no way. I learned so much through it because all my exposure was through, through the media, which we'll, I think we'll come on to a little bit later. But I firstly just want to address just sim- the simple question of, you know, there's often confusion um, in relation to terminology and you say sort of terms such um, uh, using terms such like as little person or dwarf rather than person with dwarfism can overshadow other people's identities. Can you tell me a little bit more about what you mean by this and also what terminology you you would prefer? So dwarf was always a term that was just used as I was growing up and I didn't mind it. Mm-hmm. Still don't mind it. Um, but I 
I've adopted person with dwarfism. I just use dwarf sometimes to be lazy, especially, but it's in the right, pe- with the right people. Yeah. Because dwarf, obviously, first thing people think are seven dwarfs. The other thing is, it's that whole identity. You are a dwarf, like an elf or an imp or a leprechaun, whatever. So you are something completely different. Whereas if I'm a person with dwarfism, I've got to remind people I'm human, mm-hmm. but I have this condition that makes me shorter. And so I'm dwarfed by the man-made built environment that is made for someone a lot taller than me. Little person, it's kind of popular in North America, and so I don't want to... This is my personal opinion, okay? Other people use it, and that's fine. I can't stand it. It's infantilizing. I was on the bus here, and there's a sign, you know, um, near the wheelchair user space saying, uh, tips for little people, basically, move the buggy, you know? Um, and then I remember seeing a card in a card shop when I was buying one for my friend who had just had a baby. And there was one there, congratulations on your brand new little person. I'm like, oh no. Yeah. Us again. So I just was like, that's why I don't choose it. And it's like a little person. It's just so patronizing. Yeah. And so I try not to use that. Um, so I use person with dwarfism. There's other terms, short stature is fine, but it can just mean, well, you're short and well, Somebody who's five foot can say that, but they don't have the same experiences. And I've had plenty of people saying, well, you know, I'm short. I know what it's like to be a dwarf. And it's like, no, you don't Oh, for God's that. sake. There's, Are you, you serious? Know, even in academia. That <laughs> that Polly, I just can't yeah. believe his eyes are like sparked. Who was it? Who was it? Yeah. And let me find them. Yeah. 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 There's plenty on like social media who, when you are advocating for rights of dwarfs, like saying don't use the word midget, you'll get people who are just short going no i don't mind that term it's like you don't get it screamed at you in the street yeah yeah, yeah. you know you, you don't have the authority to talk yeah. about that that's no. crazy yeah and this is the issue i think like you if someone feels like in i don't know the people that are shouting on the street they can all get in the bin but the people that are sorry they just can like <laughs> stop doing it <laughs> stop doing it simple but the people that are inquisitive and stuff like that i think you know, they're they're going through maybe their day, month, week, whatever year, and they say meet someone with dwarfism and then they're intrigued and ask someone. I feel like that's just their one-time experience, but you're getting that on a maybe daily, weekly, or constant basis. So I think, I don't know, I, I guess, how do you feel with that? And in terms of people coming up and asking you um, questions regarding... It depends. It depends on the day I'm having. Like, there is that new conservative government thing, ask, don't assume. So they're telling people to go and ask disabled people. Yeah. Well, you've made these assumptions for a lot of disabled people, haven't you, the the conservatives? Like, that, oh, there's, you know, disabled people are work-shy scroungers and caused a global recession. Um, Whereas, actually, I don't mind sometimes, like, I remember this incident and it was fine. There was this uh, father... He had a few kids, and one of them was must have been staring. He goes, oh, excuse me, I'm sorry, can I just ask you what, you know, just tell my kids a little. And I did. Mm-hmm. And he was then talking to his children. He used it as an educational talk. That I was... Lovely. That's brilliant. Yeah, it was yeah. brilliant. He was fantastic. But some people will ask you such invasive questions, like, how tall are you? Why are you so small? But it's also, I won't have to go around trying to educate people if we still weren't in the dark ages in terms of media representations mm-hmm. of dwarfism, if we were represented as actual people, we would be normalised and people wouldn't have to then ask me everything. Yeah, and yeah. it shouldn't fall on like individual people no, like no, yourself. Not, not your it? responsibility, it really you're doing an incredible job in raising the awareness. <laughs> yeah. But that's what I choose. It's like my I get paid to be a university lecturer. I get paid to teach. 
I do my research, that's my education. I don't then have to do it at five o'clock yeah. when I've clocked off. Yeah, who wants imagine. to talk to anyone, you know, when yeah, you've had yeah. a full day of teaching? So be it as well, yeah. <laughs> Never mind trying to bloody educate someone's kids, but I know in that yeah. instance it was a yeah, good, no, positive that, experience, that... but it's not always going to be, is and it? And you can be burnt out through it, I'm sure. Yeah. And, and, like, I loved your person with dwarfism and then sort of it's you're a person and it's actually the environment around you which makes it difficult for you to navigate mm -hmm. rather than, you know, at, at, the sole per, at the sole basis of it, you are a human. And that's why, yeah, I, it, like, really resonates with me that that make, it makes so much sense that person yeah. with dwarfism... <laughs> can't even say it now. Person with dwarfism is the right terminology or at least, like, that's what the one, the one that you prefer. Yeah, and I think just taking a couple of steps back because just there, Erin, you mentioned again about the cultural representations and I do want to drill onto that a little bit more because in the book, but I know in, like, other media articles you've written and things like that as well, you do talk about how um, people's experiences of dwarfism is often wrapped in these negative cultural representations and let's face it, you know, it's propagated by the entertainment industry. We've got prime examples. You've already mentioned, like, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves and there's also the Umpa Lumpers in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, um, can you just tell us a little bit more about how these cultural representations are negative and how they actually impact lived experience as well off the screen, you know? Yeah, so they're always represented based on their height. The, the height is the first and foremost thing and the only thing. So if you look at the seven dwarfs, they're, it's, well, they're dwarfs and they not really, they've got names, but they have a bit of dialogue, but it's always laugh at their height, laugh at them tripping over themselves, doing something silly, but always laugh at them because they're short always make fun of them because they're short. It's the same with um, Oompa Loompas in, in the 1971 version, which is the only one I really watched. Um, it's like, oh, look, little men, little mm -hmm. men. You know, so mm -hmm. it's always this thing, this fascination with the height. And, of course, the Oompa Loompas were never dwarves per se. They were pygmies, which can be seen as a type of growth hormone dwarfism. But in 1971, um, you know, activists for, you know, against racism said, no, you can't have these pygmies under the control of this white chocolatier. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh they God. were on point with that. Absolutely. But then, so they just oranged up some dwarfs, so they still kept the height, but then it becomes this iconic dwarf character and you're yeah. like, oh, not again. Yeah. It's like, oh, you know, okay, we can't pick this marginalised group. Let's, let's pick this one. Yeah. It's so, such a, it has such a cultural impact, like in like um, media sort of culture, impact on everyone. Everyone's seen Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Everyone knows the song. Yeah, and it's everyone. comedic. It's and, making your existence yeah, 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 comedic, yeah. isn't it? Well, we always have songs, whether it's that or Hi-Ho. Yeah, and yeah. so they always get sung at you because people think they're the first person to ever do that at you. And then, like with the Umpa Lumpa one, I remember reading something, and I, you know, this um, this person had seen some um, dwarfs in a chocolate factory. I think it was Cadbury's, mm. and they were said, "Oh!" And then the commenters were like, "Oh my god, I wouldn't have been able to resist singing <gasps> it at them." I'm like, how old are you, mate? How old are you? Yeah, you fucking know? grow up. People's yeah. brains are just, oh, sorry. You know, and, and it's like, it's always that case that you just think, I mean, I remember going, because my friend used to live in Birmingham on Bourneville. She said, let's go to the chocolate factory because she wanted free samples. And so we got there and I was like, oh, I can't go in there. I said, I, I am not going near that place. And she, and then it twigged on her and she was like, okay, let's go elsewhere. Yeah. And you're thinking, yeah, I can't right. go to that space because of people's stupidity. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, does it does does it stop you from going to these places? And you just yeah. said, yeah, which is so unfair. Yeah. You should be able to enjoy chocolate, chocolate factory. Everyone should. Everyone should. Yeah. But it's like anywhere. I mean, 
you it's bad enough like just this is why I came up with that book because it was my doctoral thesis was when I was at uni um just going to different spaces you're like no I'm gonna avoid there or if you just go to your local high street I'll walk the back way don't want the abuse go to the supermarket nine o'clock in the morning don't want the abuse or Tesco's is open 24 7 go there not when it's busy because even the staff will mock you and it's just like constantly so I wanted because I'm my background's geography and that book is kind of ge- geographically based I wanted to show how we navigate spaces differently mm. for a whole host of reasons but one because of the impact of cultural representations yeah yeah it's so tough enough yeah. like yeah without, without having to constantly second guess or like th- figure out which what you're going to do differently mm-hmm. rather than just navigate your environment that's yeah. exhausting and I'm sorry to hear that yeah in terms of like the cultural representations and this I you know I'm really unclear on one thing so you know something like Lord of the Rings <laughs> I love fantasy right and I actually don't know how I feel about this because I've not had this conversation with anyone who has dwarfism before um like when I'm reading these fantasy books dwarfs in quotation marks are often like um represented as like another race of people you have like so in lord of the rings you have um like the elves you have the the, you have man and then you have the dwarves what are your opinions on that is that problematic in the same way maybe not in the same way but it is kind of problematic but i think tolkien i am i'm not a fantasy expert or anything but he created dwarves and he the pluralized ves not fs so they are dwarves, mountain oh, dwarves, or whatever right. they are. And that's now, unfortunately, what people use, even in The Guardian or something, they'll refer to them as dwarves, B-E-S, and it's like, no, it's F-S. That's why, again, I prefer... Oh, my gosh, I did not know that. So Tolkien that's bloody what, coined that. Yeah, kind of. And I feel like with fantasy, because it's not this just laugh at them all the time. They are warriors or whatever. But it's, again, that separate race. We're not human. Mm. We belong in a forest or something. I haven't read the books, but I remember going to see one of the Lord of the Rings and there's a part in it where, is it Grimley? Yeah. Me, um, who is uh, played by an average size actor who's been shrunk down, which is a bit problematic in yeah. itself. And not in the book, but he gets told, oh, you need to throw me across to whoever it yes. was. That Again, does... that notion to dwarf tossing, because dwarf tossing's fine. It's fine to grab a human being and throw them across a room. And it just totally normalises it, doesn't yeah. it? Which is why, like, I know, you know, from chatting to my friend and things, going out, she has been picked up yeah. in nightclubs and pubs and things like that, and you're so right. People mm-hmm. see that on the screen and think, oh, well, that's that's a bit of a laugh. Like, oh, they don't mind if I do it, because, look, Grimley loved it sort of thing. Yeah. Or and he asked. Even he asked. asked. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and it's not just that. The, the, this whole dwarf tossing, which we been advocating to get rid of but you'll always get a minority of people dwarfism saying but it's a job for me I love doing it and it's like yeah but I don't love going down the high street and having someone pick me up because of what you love I want my autonomy back yeah you know what you have stolen yeah and that's the thing they take it and they then act like spoiled brats like it's a god-given right to do these things when the implications go beyond just the abuse get so much that I've known dwarves to just kill themselves because they're fed up of it. We're not happy little people. We have emotions like everyone else. And we get impacted by those behaviours. Our quality of life is impacted because of what a minority choose to do. And people always give them space to talk about it. But one, I was talking to um, a woman with dwarfism who's fantastic. And she was saying, because she 
says no to the derogatory roles, but she did do, she admitted she did a round of panto because everybody was telling her it's great. But she was saying, no, it isn't. And you're just there to be laughed at because you've got very few lines, but people love the dwarves coming on and laughing mm. at you. And she said, backstage, you can't talk about activists with dwarfism. You can't talk about equality for dwarfism. You can't, because there was one woman protesting against it and said, you can't talk about it. Wow. So there's a lot of bullying, she said. Right. I actually didn't know that that was a thing in pantomime anymore. I, I, yeah. I think I knew historically that was a thing. So that still happens yeah. today. It still happens. So you Bloody have the hell. annual panto. People ask you if you do panto and it's like, yeah. no. And I certainly wouldn't play a dwarf. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you. so you walk on. And as um, one dwarf said, I think he's a Tory councillor for Conway or was, he says, oh, I love it because kids gasp at me. And I'm like, I don't want kids gasping at me. Yeah. So, like, one of my participants in that book said, well, then, you you know, you take kids to go and see this and then they see someone like me. They, how are they going to react? Because it's not like... They've been conditioned yeah. to react like this when, yeah. you know, kids kids just, they see, they do, don't they? Yeah, which is, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But it's that constant thing. And you think, yeah, kids, fair enough, but middle-aged men can't no. ask you yeah. if you're happy or grumpy. It's like... You shouldn't really be allowed out by yourselves, mate. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. I agree. Yeah. I feel like there's space given to people that um, say, like, they like those roles and given platforms yeah. to speak because then it lets all the people off that enjoy pantos be like, well, I can enjoy it and, you know, yeah, it's not them. bad and I can laugh and, like, I'm not a bad person. But actually, it takes strength to inner reflect on yourself and go, whoa. Because I know I- I'm going to hold my hands up. I, I grew up watching pantos. Yeah. And I grew up probably being one of those kids that would laugh. and But that doesn't mean that right now I'm going to go, well, it's all fine and I'm fine and I'm a good person. I'm going to reflect back on that and go, well, that wasn't right. And yeah. I'm not going to do that going forward. And I didn't know any better. And but... I didn't know any better, but now I do. And yeah. and you know what? Let's move forward and let's educate myself and try and educate other people. Yeah. And so like, I don't, if the listener's listening and go, oh no, you're talking about me. And like, it's hard to listen. Sit with it, sit with it. And yeah, good, back feel and good. uncomfortable, yes. make the changes. I mean, I've got, you know, I've got dwarfs, but like I've I've probably watched maybe not pantos or something, but, um, you know, TV shows where like where they've mocked another minority group and as a child probably laughed at it. And then, but now I reflect and go, oh, no, that's not good. Because that, yeah. that could have, impl- you know, that's probably had implications on people who share that identity. Yeah. And so you just reflect on it. And as long as you can go, okay, you know what, that was bad, but... Can't change the past, but let's leave it there. Yeah. Don't just carry on with it. I love that, actually. Let's leave it there. Yeah, <laughs> I love, love that. that. Um, we wanted to chat to you about your new book. Congratulations. Ooh. You're just getting through the books. <laughs> and we haven't that. read this one yet. I've really, really yeah, keen to read that. it. Ow! Um, it's called Midgetism, the Exploitation and Oppression of People with Dwarfism. And again, Molly just said, we haven't had the chance to read it. We haven't got our uh-huh. hands, our little mitts on it. I know. Um, but can you please tell us a little bit about um, what you cover in the book and um, the issues that you address. address? <laughs> well, no, Southern address. The address. <laughs> sounded very radio DJ. Yeah. Address. <laughs> but um, it's basically my new book. Um, so the title, I have to explain that because, as anyone knows, I hate the term midget. I absolutely hate it. It's the term most people with dwarfism hate. But I'm reclaiming it for the purposes of advocacy. So midgetism is... The word midget derives from word gnat or sandfly, and they add, add that et to it to mean, you know, small. And so it was used in the freak shows to refer to people with proportionate dwarfism mostly. 
and they, so those were midgets. So and the people in the freak shows, just dwarfs that you pointed and laughed at. And so I'm reclaiming that, repurposing it and going, so the exploitation, any oppression, discrimination, people, dwarfism experience, that's a form of midgetism. And I'm reclaiming this term midget entertainer to refer to people with dwarfism who still partake in freak show style entertainment, like dwarf tossing, pantomimes, um, you know, just hiring themselves out for stag do's. They are midget entertainers because they're no different from the freak show. And then the problems that has for us so there's like a chapter in it says well it's a job for them so people always say it's a job for them all right because we're not capable of being teachers Mm -hmm. doctors lawyers because we're you know we're really thick and incapable of doing everything because you're so superior to us so it's challenging that but actually it's not a job for us it's not charity okay we don't need this silliness because there's lots of unemployed disabled people do you want to do a bit of wheelchair tossing no i didn't think so but it's also that thing of well it's just a joke but that joke does not stay on the telly. It doesn't stay in a film. It doesn't stay on the stage. It reverberates into society and it impacts us. So it might just be a joke to the average size person, but not to us. And so it's all about that. And then how can we can advocate and the problems of advocating for, um, you know, equality. And I find it's just so difficult. There's a few people, dwarfism, who are great advocates. Other than that, there's a lot of shouting down, like I said, by dwarfs who partake in derogatory roles who always go but it's a job for us and play on that notion that in society people think oh yeah yeah you, you're incapable of doing anything else mm. well that dwarf you know or major entertainers i call them might be incapable of doing anything else but most of us are not the other thing is you 80 percent of people with dwarfism are born to average sized parents like i was they advocate for different things and they want different things like treatments for dwarfism they want to ask you know about oh well, you know, my child has, um, you know, is blinking. Is that normal for dwarfs? I had one person, like one mother going, my child can't drink milk because it's not, I'm like, they're lactose intolerant. Oh it's God. not associated with dwarfism. Okay, my friend's kids got it. I'm laughing because it's yeah. so but awful. It's, so, like, just, it's not funny, ha huh? no, yeah, yeah, like, But ridiculous. she brought it onto this page that's meant to, uh, you know, talk about achondroplasia. It's like, well, do you want to just go onto a page that asks about, you know, lactose intolerance? Yeah. I'm not going to go onto a page about being lactose intolerant and go, so what's it like being a dwarf, everybody? Yeah. You know? Your kid just can't digest yeah. dairy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Can any of us really? Yeah. 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 Buy some oatmeal. Oh, I definitely can't. Yeah. 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 So things like that. So what gets in the way and being shouted down like you know somebody posted a picture uh, uh, an article about the freak shows and these parents are like it's too upsetting for us we have to live with that you don't mm. but they'll share pictures of their kids starting school or eating spaghetti because apparently that's going to change the world for dwarves yeah and so it's all those things about why we are still stuck in the dark ages with dwarfism what is keeping us there the oppression the exploitation but what can we do to get out of it Mm. and i think that's so i mean that all sounds unbelievably interesting and the use of the word midgetism am i right then in saying so before have you coined that term so before you coined that term was there not a specific word to describe like oppression and prejudice towards people with dwarfism in the same way that we have like sexism racism racism. no because it's a combination for me midgetism of heightism and disablism yeah people have said it's heightism but Got to remember, dwarfism is a disability. Yeah, but like you know, in, in like I say, there's different forms of disablism that different disabled people experience. So, you know, um, so like the sanism, which is the mad studies stuff, 
I don't experience, I, I share similarities in terms of discrimination and oppression that other disabled people face, but this goes beyond. And I remember having this conversation with this woman, I think she had cerebral palsy, she was using a wheelchair, and she we were putting the world to rights. And she said, but I don't have to deal with the cultural stuff that you do. And that's when it hit me. You know, you don't have, and I don't ever want to advocate for it, but you don't have wheelchair tossing. You don't have, no. you know, um, visually impaired. You don't hire out a visually impaired person for no. your stag do that you handcuff yourself to and go, hey, look, I've got my own blind person for tonight. You don't do any of that, but you hire out dwarves. You know, there's a whole different... Yeah, it's a whole control. different, like, mentality mm-hmm. towards people with dwarfism as in as literally stripping them of the whole humanity of it yeah, yeah. It's, they're it's, not human it's it's actually ridiculous when you when you strip it down to that like yeah actually... saying it like that it's so stark like as imagine handcuffing yourself like you just said to a blind person i mean it seems outrageous yeah. but yeah it's ha 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 when it yeah. comes to people with because again it's a job for us and i remember like there's so many companies that do it hire out dwarves and there's one particular one all across the uk who says, yeah, you can hire out your dwarf, and they frame it that they're always good for a laugh, they're always good, they'll bring any, you know, they're the life and soul of the party, they'll bring laughs for you, you can dress it up, ask it to dress up however you want, you can have your very own hobbit for the night, have an umpa lumpa. it's not degrading. <laughs> who gets to say it's not degrading, mm. you know? Um, Especially someone that probably doesn't... That's average it, it, Yeah, 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 thank you. And so they're like... Um, so I, I've emailed them and said, well, do you hire out any other disabled people seeing as it's a job for them? They never get back to me, funny enough. Um, and obviously I'm not going to ask to hire out some disabled person. No, but just but to like, prove yeah, the point. Yeah. But they don't. And they always tell us it's not degrading. No, but you're making a mint out of it, aren't you? Mm. That's yeah, the thing. That's why they're saying it. it's they, not degrading. Yeah. What I do is ethically fine and morally yeah. fine. and But, you know, the person <sighs> like... There was one case in Australia, a guy got hired out and he said everybody should mind their own business. Oh, okay, fair enough. Because then he got hired out by an Australian football club, I believe, and he wasn't really doing much. One of the guys threatened to throw him over a balcony. One guy then set him on fire. Oh, my And whilst gosh. I think that is bad, I was just like, I'm numb to it. I have no sympathy for you, mate. Because you yeah. sort of put yourself in yeah. that position, I and suppose. you've never cared the impact your work has on us. Yeah. And so it was... And I remember the other dwarfs feeling the same way, just going, yeah, yeah. Because you just think, we've had the abuse for years, you've been making that money, you face the consequences, because I'm glad it was you and not some other dwarf in the street yeah. who has to pay the price for what you do. And so, you know, it was on YouTube, and I think it was this uh like a newsreel about it on youtube and even the newsreaders found it funny and it was probably fox news or something mm. and the comments were like yeah dwarfs what do they expect they deserve it and all that My so you just like we're not human but we are not human because a minority of dwarfs and their agencies have decided we're not human so they can make a quick buck yeah. mm. they've used midgetism basically to well, the financial gains from midgetism. Financial gain. It's like saying financial gains from racism. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is so wild. I am intrigued sort of about that. Um, you know, you said about the news and and then people commenting and then on the world of social media. Um, and I guess I've seen this firsthand experience with my partner who has a disability. Um, and there was a video up and it was it was a moving video, but then he went straight to the comments and then read. Mm. Um. Uh, yeah, you can imagine all sorts of just like horrible comments, and then applied it towards himself. How do you feel about that? Do you 
do you see that often happen? Is it sort of, that's kind of what we're talking about, that these yeah. people that do this sort of stuff then also has a negative effect on that, yeah, just... Because social media is awful. Yeah, I can imagine. Because Zuckerberg and all that have to make money. And so they make money from free speech, they call it, which is just say what you want about minority groups, basically. And so with disability in general, you'll have it. But with dwarfs, you've got pages like I Hate Midgets on Facebook where you can take photos of your, a dwarf you've seen in the street and put it on Facebook. Stop it. Um, midget Appreciation Society. So how are my midget lovers today? Things like that. So you have all these photos of just a person with dwarfs and going shopping, going to the library, whatever. They put those photos on Facebook, but they don't go against the community standards, funny enough. I don't know what goes against the community standards on Facebook. Well, that's wild because we had a quote pulled up and we weren't allowed to post it and it was literally just an inspirational quote. Yeah. Um, and it was like, can't post this, but you can... You can but like you, you say, they're post. making money and they're yeah. getting traffic from it, yeah. so they don't care. No. And so they do that and then, like you say, the comments, you never go to the comments, do you? But you always do because curiosity gets the better of you yeah. and then you instantly regret it. So, yeah, I've been to the comments about things and then you just get so many really ignorant people. Yeah. Again, probably never met a dwarf in their life, don't know anything about dwarfism, never read a book on it or anything. Being, I'm a self-proclaimed expert on this because, you know, they went to the University of Hard Knocks. <laughs> yes. That was another yeah. thing. He was getting frustrated that people were giving recommendations, yeah. knowing no knowledge about yeah. it. Um, he also said the words, I just want to know what people think about me, which I was like, this is not representative. Yeah, it's this not about not you. Representative. Like he would, I can see why he would take that all yeah, so personally. Yeah, yeah, but I think a lot of people do that. I guess, I don't know, I wanted to make it aware to people that I don't know whether anyone does sort of those sort of comments, but I, unless it's fully supportive, maybe just avoid giving recommendations or unsolicited, just advice. unsolicited advice or just obviously please never hate comment or say like how ridiculous you think it is. Just leave oh. it to your brain and, and let that mull over. Don't ever verbalise it. <laughs> well, I did the whole like midget gem thing and that got so much abuse off again. Average sized men saying I'd ruined their childhood because I'd taken their little sweeties away. And it's like, I've changed the name of it, mate. Change the name, okay? Did you get this upset about opal fruits? No. You're just getting upset because a woman... With dwarfism, so a woman who's a lot shorter than you has changed something. She's got control, power over something for a little bit. You don't like that, just like you don't like a black mermaid, even though you don't watch Little Mermaid. And these are the you people know? that have the audacity to call Us other people snowflakes. snowflakes. Yeah. It's like, snowflakes. mate, you are melting yeah. under like the tiniest bits of heat. Right it was when the M&Ms yeah. um, went from a uh, high heel to a trainer. Yeah. And there was this guy going, whoa, they're changing everything. And then he, he previously had called people snowflakes. And I thought... Says the man that's freaking out about M and M changing sweet. their shoe. Yeah, <laughs> it's same thing about sweets, you know. But now that's gone, and I still go now. Like I was in co-op, I think down in Herefordshire a few months ago, and with my sister, I went look, and co-op had changed them to mini gems. So I was like, this is great, and she was like, yeah. And then I thought, you know, it doesn't affect anyone, but it impacts people with dwarfism because we've changed something. Well, I've changed something because I campaigned for it, but a lot of people, dwarfism, are like, no. Again, they just don't... They internalise a lot of ableism. And then when you change something, they're like, oh, can you do this? Can you do that? And then somebody will go, oh, I changed that. No, you didn't, because it was a big media campaign that just said I did, mm. you know? Um, but that, for me, the 
the abuse even to my work emails to you know get sent letters to my work address I'm like why would you go to this much effort to hate me for changing a bag of sweets you haven't probably haven't bought in years yeah. yeah. And what you just said then about other people, the dwarfism, it's something that we mentioned earlier as well. And I think that's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I know you've expressed um, before about this issue of like advocacy mm-hmm. and how often, you know, I, not that you feel like a lone voice, mm-hmm. but there's certainly not a lot of people with dwarfism who are sort of um, maybe speaking out or being like activists in the mm-hmm. same way that you are. Why do you think that is? And do you think that what can we do? I think a lot of people don't know where to start with advocacy, um, but a lot of people, they internalise, oh, well, this I get stared at, I get called a midget, that's just normal. No, it ain't, look, it's not normal. They go to associations for people with dwarfism, there's a couple in the UK, there's, you know, in America, I won't name them. They don't advocate that much. They might do a little bit of advocacy, but they don't do those changes. They don't push for change. And I remember one, the biggest organisation asked me, can you come and do a talk? online for us and I was like yeah sure and we spoke about the topic and I said it'll be about the social abuse we get so similar to this and how those cultural representations are an influential factor I know you can't talk about that because some of our members are those entertainers I'm like right so we'll be next 20 years we'll be in the same place yeah skirting around what the actual issues are yeah because we can't upset their feelings but we have to stay silent so people getting abuse and want to advocate for equality have to stay silent but the, the, you know, the, what I term the media entertainers can carry on making a fool of themselves, getting abuse for us, and that's fine. They're supported. They're welcome into that environment. Yeah. Why are they not being challenged and why yeah. are you being mm, challenged yeah. when, like, everyone... Yeah, you should yeah. get given that space. And I guess for people as well, they maybe see you, people like you who have actually stood out and you know push back on things like the midget gem thing and then see the abuse that you receive you know because yeah, I remember it was like it was a smear campaign really oh, it was, but... you know it was on the front of all the tabloids wasn't it yeah. and um you know if I can see why someone with dwarfism thought well fuck that I'm not putting myself out no, there if that's no, what I, don't, the... I would never put them tell them to put themselves out there like that but I first of all started with a campaign where you just sign a letter no it's fine it's fine but then as soon as you change it they're, they're like, like Oh, can you do this one? Can you do that yeah, one? Yeah, that's nice. Can you? Yeah. Tra- and it's like, no, I'm not getting that abuse again. And you're one person. Exactly. Yeah. It should be their associations doing it. That's yeah. why you pay membership fees. They should be doing it. You know, and oh, if they haven't got enough money. Well, you know what? I just get my job, you know, money for my job. That's what I'm paid to do. This is extra stuff that I'm doing. Yeah. You know, but it's I was... almost like a hobby. Like yeah. a hobby. Like yeah. People with really normal hobbies, they go hobby. like for a walk and you're yeah. there changing like yeah 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 please keep doing what you're doing you're d- thank you for doing what you know just no, to let you know but i will i will talk about one other activist and she got abused she went to a panto she you know to go against the snow white panto she advocated for to get removed from someplace because she's got two children with dwarfism she doesn't want them getting the abuse too yeah and that's again where the people who were playing the seven dwarfs just piled on and on you know bullied so we cannot do it until our own community stands up and has respect for itself, basically. Mm. And thinking on this vein then about advocacy and activism and spreading that awareness, you know, today is actually International Dwarfism Awareness mm. Day. It's actually Dwarfism Awareness Month. October is Dwarfism Awareness Month. That's quite hard to say, but I managed it. Um, and if you're listening to this, guys, and thinking, what? It's International Dwarfism Awareness Day, and I don't know. Well, yeah, you don't know, and we think there's a problem here. And Erin, 
could you tell us a little bit more about what are your thoughts about this date and about having this month? Is it working? No, it's tokenistic because advocacy should be up throughout the year. Mm. Anytime you've got there's something that comes up, advocate then. Don't just keep it for this particular day or this particular month. You know, I'm doing it throughout the year and it's just the dwarfism awareness day and month. It, it's just so tokenistic because I'll go on social media and then people will be posting it's dwarfism awareness month there's over 200 different types of dwarfism or whatever how many types there are today 300 okay how's that going to change anything and then some others will go I need to put a green square around my profile picture oh yeah because what, as soon as you do that love as soon as you put that green square around <laughs> your thing people are going to stop hiring out dwarfs yeah, yeah. your life gets instantly better yeah. not yeah or they'll have t-shirts it's okay to be different well, you know what? I'd like, I don't care about your t-shirts. I'd like a t-shirt that actually fits me, but why do you advocate for that? Why, and you, you know, how is a t-shirt going, um, it's okay to be different? People aren't going to see that and go, I was about to call you a midget, but you know what? That t-shirt has stopped me. <laughs> Thank you know? God for that t-shirt. Yeah. Let's do a miracles. Like, you know, there, there was, but the worst t-shirt I ever saw was um, being a mother of a child with achondroplasia doesn't come with a manual. It comes with a mother who never gives up. And I'm like, I'm so sorry to be such a burden. Oh, God. I know. And the thing is, you can't say anything because they, they're very sensitive. They're like, oh, no, don't say anything. You know, I'm just trying to be good. I'm trying to be nice. Yeah, but it's very wrong the way you're trying to do it. And what's that kid going to think? Yeah. You know, thinking, okay, so my mum has to be like this super trooper mum just to be able to parent yeah. me. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, it is. Oh, like yeah, it is. Yeah. Complex. Yeah. 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 You know, maybe we start need to make crucifixes for them or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be careful. I'm going to get abuse on social media oh. from them. No, you ain't. Not from our listeners but if this gets on facebook don't yeah don't worry we uh we'll uh, protect you we'll protect you we'll do a liam neeson (laughs) we like to liam neeson people we will find you (laughs) we will kill you we will kill you we are not afraid to (laughs) so finally for the people who are listening our amazing listeners um and they're listening to this episode and going that's opened my eyes but what can i do um and i want to help are any key? Are there any key things that people can do to be better allies um, to people with dwarfism? There's numerous things they can do, and I'm trying to think of things that doesn't put themselves in a predicament. Mm-hmm. But like, don't go to see Snow White in the Panto. Don't go tell like right up to whatever theatre is hosting it, and just say, you know, that's outdated, right? Mm. You know, if you because there's people that would do it for other shows. Yeah. So just do it, and the more collective voice, the better. You know, if you see midget gems in somewhere like I think Lidl's and Lions Company still send, sells them, tell them right up to them. You know, um, I think the Lions Company. I remember seeing a post on their website. This guy goes, "Oh, I'm glad you haven't, you know, changed to the inferior mini gems." And I'm like, I didn't know that the name changed the taste of them. But okay, um, people, their egos. Yeah, oh. they're just bizarre. Bizarre. If you see something on Facebook, report it. It might not get taken down, but the more people that get reported, it does. I always do this. I yeah. love reporting people. I'm like, report. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then even, I mean, comment and then go silent. Just say you know this is wrong, you know you're being a dick, right? You know, that kind of thing. Mm. But those kind of things you can do. Um, 
maybe report things when you see them on the telly that you would admit it. I know there's people be like, oh, you're being a party pooper here, but no, this is the thing. You're Think not about being how a party pooper. When if that's the way people need to have fun. Then yeah. they need to find. Well, other that's what I think. Point. I think there's yeah. so many jokes out there, and you don't have to. This is how I see humor. You don't have to joke about at the demise of someone else. Just get funnier. Just find mm-hmm. a new joke. Find yeah. a new. Well, find a new kind yeah. of comedy or whatever sense of humor you have. Find a new one because it shouldn't be people. Punching anyone out. shouldn't be at the butt of your joke. No. Um, unless it's the people. Well, if, well I think it was Terry Pratchett, wasn't it, that said, you know, satire is about punching up, not punching down, because it's a whole superiority thing. And that's with humour, it's superiority theory. I'm going to make fun of them, so I'm better than them. I make myself feel better because it's okay to laugh at their difference or whatever it is. Mm. And so if you're laughing at someone, you know, because Rishi Sunak or something has said once again something stupid, yeah. then you can laugh at that because he's in that position of power and authority but he's ruining lives basically through their actions yeah so things like that you can do but just yeah just don't go to these things that you know and if you're thinking oh no it's probably all right think would you put another minority group in that position and if you feel uncomfortable like then go okay no that's wrong so don't do it don't Mm -hmm. go there I think that's incredibly um valuable actually as like a tool you know if you are finding yourself confused about what's appropriate and what's not do exactly that yeah Yeah. and if the answer is no that's not okay then surprise surprise yeah it's not okay I always think as well when I think um just say within your friendship group and um I recently had a conversation about uh dark sense of humor and we won't go too much into it because it usually leads to Mm. um just horrible jokes but I think if you Feel if would you post it on your Twitter like as yeah. would you would you comment that quote on your Twitter account or post it on your Instagram or post it on your Facebook? Some people might. So if if you're those people, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> but if if you suddenly go, oh God, actually no, I think I'd get a bit of backlash. Maybe don't say the joke. Exactly. Maybe don't. Maybe just don't even go there and and maybe think twice. I know from talking to you, I've been way more aware about hearing sort of derogatory slurs and and sort of the slurs. Um, I, I don't even like saying it. And I, I, I think it's, I mean, that's probably a better thing than willy-nilly saying it. But I've listened out to it a lot more and I'm a bit more in tune to it. And I've, I have called out two people. One person was my friend. They took it really on board, actually. Yeah. Um, and called his kids um, the, the M word. And, and I was like, you know, actually, he's just very ignorant, very yeah. isolated and sort of that. Educated him. He was like, I did not know that. Wow. Okay, I'll stop. Another person just ignored all the things yeah. I said and that's so that you're gonna get those people yeah. what I did was just I dis I actually just dis- I felt so powerful I just disengaged with when he was talking and I was just like you know what I'm done with this conversation yeah. I stood up and walked away because again I didn't really know him and I thought if you're gonna just after I've expressed all this sort of concern and you're still gonna go and have your ego about you then I don't even want to be talking to you so I, I've always previously really struggled with that and really I've been such a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. Um, but to me, I think, you know what? I don't mind putting myself in that uncomfort situ- uncomfortable situation and him in that uncomfortable situation for, what, five minutes to help people with dwarfism not feel uncomfortable in their everyday lives or not not d- deliver abuse i know that's not gonna that's not gonna change everything but the, no, it, you know it chips away at it it chips great. away because i get so many people telling me like when i talk about hiring out dwarfs oh yeah i went to a wedding they'd hired out a dwarf or i saw one was, well call it out tell your friend what on earth are you doing hiring out a dwarf 
Do you want to go and see if there's any other disabled people you want to hire out? You know, yeah. make them feel awkward and stuff and just be like, what on earth is this going on? You know, you'd call it out if it was something else. Mm. If it was another minority or something, you'd call it out. Call this out because we have, it's so normalised in society to see a group of disabled people who are, you know, dwarfs are disabled people at the end of the day because they've got a medical condition that disables them in general society. Call that out because it's just, why are we still in 20th century, or 21st century, sorry, saying this is okay? Yeah, mm-hmm. and bit by bit, you know, the more that people are educated on this and the more that people have that awareness, then hopefully, yeah. you know, bit by bit, we just can chip away strength. at that change. Yeah. Chip away at it. Please, 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 please. I do think we could talk about this all day. I know I could talk to you all day because you're hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it has been such a pleasure diving into these issues with you. We're not done yet because we're going to move on and get some inspiration. Classic uh, Super Genius style. Classic. <laughs> Let's do it. Normally in this part of the episode, we share some inspirational quotes, or at least we try to. Um, However, from chatting to you before, Erin, and also from things we've chatted about today, we know that some of the quote, you know, supposedly positive and inspirational quotes that are used in association with dwarfism can actually be quite problematic when you really drill down to it. So today we thought it'd be interesting um, to have a look at a couple quotes um, and hear from you and hear how these might have been, um, might be like problematic um, for addressing dwarfism awareness. So the first quote we found um, was, and I'll, I'll, I'll put where we found these. We we asked ChatGPT to find us some international um, dwarfism awareness quotes, some inspirational quotes as well. Um, and I just wanted to highlight that, like, you know, be cautious when navigating AI. That's, that's all I just Yeah, to. because as we'll come on to talk about in a minute, um, ChatGPT fails to understand nuances and um, there are potentially biases within there. So be aware of that when we, when we talk about this quote. So go on, um, take it away. So the first quote is, Though we may be small in stature, our dreams stand tall with the rest. <laughs> already giggling <laughs> it's already making me feel nauseous <laughs> yeah 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 I, ha- I felt I had to try and read it in an inspirational way as well go on so Erin yeah what are your thoughts what an awful quote <laughs> but it's not surprising these are the ones people use in Dwarfism Awareness Month and it's like although we may be small yeah because you know we may be small because that's bad yeah but our dreams stand tall because tall is good yeah and so it's that heightism there we are small, and small's bad, small's a deficit, small is a mistake, and small is not something I want to be. But my dreams to stand tall, just like my dream to be tall. Yeah. Know? It's oh like God. so awful. Oh These gosh. binaries just don't work. It, you know, it, it's like when people say, you know, a blind man, but he can see, you know, and it's like, well, these are so ocular normativism <sighs> oh stuff, God, it's yeah. so bad that it's like, Oh, you could, you know, just again use a different sort of identity and swap those around. But okay, I, I am small. I do, you know, have dreams and stuff. Um, I do dream for better things. I do dream where I can go down the street and not get called a midget. But I'm not going to say just because I'm small. Although I'm small, so yeah, yeah. You're not dreaming 
in spite of being short of stature, yeah. are you? Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, dreaming, and then you're like, you're gonna, you're standing tall, and you're like, I don't know. It, yeah. yeah, I can so see that. Tall, you stand tall. It's 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 this, in the meta narrative of dwarfism. What I speak about is, um, we always use, you know, you walk tall, you stand tall, you walk on the shoulders of giants, whatever. But you you are small minded. You're small fry. You know mm. things like that. So it's always bad. And whenever you insult someone, I've seen it so many times on Facebook, that stupid little man. And he might be six foot, but you call him a stupid little man because he's little's just so to see bad. So yeah, although yeah, he I may guess be small. You flip it yeah. to like the tall and small words. Yeah. It sounds ridiculous mm. in terms of like no one would say, no one would have a quote saying, although you might be tall in stature, our dreams man small with yeah. you know, it, yeah, it's, it's just so, those like, connotations. It's those connotations that like standing tall is good, being small is bad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Although, yeah. yeah, although I guess initially you can be like, "Oh, that's a nice quote." Yeah, I can yeah, see why. Yeah. And and they share it all the time. Again, I've seen them already, uh, especially uh, some by people with dwarfism, some by parents of children with dwarfism. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, he just walks tall, and he's got such a big heart and all that. And you're like, mm. "Oh my god!" Well, it's funny you should say about big <laughs> yeah. heart actually. Because <laughs> yeah. <it's> like, <laughs> The second quote we uh, got through ChatGPT as well, um, maybe not as like starkly problematic, but we feel like there's still some issues here. So um, the quote was, life is not about how tall you are, but how big your heart is. Yeah, I mean, it's okay to have a big heart, but nobody wants an enlarged heart. (laughs) (laughs) Not ideal. But it's okay, like they're saying, it doesn't matter how small you are. Well, it's like... You know, people, it does, it does matter how tall you are. People really do see that and I wish they didn't. But it's again saying you must have a big heart. That makes up for it. That makes up for you being small. If you're kind and nice, it makes up for you being small. Mm, Yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, like you said with the previous quote, it's just suggesting that there's this inherent goodness for size and greatness of it, isn't it? And that anything less than that is deficient and like, oh, well, in spite of your size, at least you've got a nice heart, you know? Well, that was um, the thing was there's there's a great book. It's about the Osbitz family who were a group of dwarfs who um, survived Auschwitz, basically, or Birkow, one of them. And it was like, in our hearts, we were giants, because yeah of course because you have to be giant I mean giant to be great yeah they were fantastic they were great um they were musicians and everything and so that should be but then it's like in our hearts we're giant so again it's just all we want to know is the dwarfism part we're going to identify you by that but the good thing is you've got a giant heart yeah Mm. why do you need that to be something yeah Yeah. it's so wild because I don't think the the, they would be if we asked quote about something else it wouldn't be so size related no. if I said like give me some inspirational quotes from, I don't know on a different disability on, dream, on uh, I don't know oh, I'm trying to think of uh, any topic and my mind resilience or something it wouldn't be yeah, wouldn't... even if you I think if we asked you PT how does it <laughs> chat, chat GPT, to give us inspirational quotes about I'll use the example that you used before of like people with blindness or something i bet it wouldn't be all these weird puns about being able to see and stuff would you might get it with blindness a bit oh do you think yeah i reckon they would um i think um my colleague professor bolt would say that it would you know because he Mm. he's blind and people are always like how do you do this how do you do that and oh well you can see more than us because you're so intelligent he's like can't see anything. (laughs) (laughs) But but i think maybe if you change it to race you wouldn't say 
but you got a pure white soul. Because oh, then that's God, heading down yeah. Alabama River. Oh my it? God, that's such a good example. You know? Yeah, 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 so yeah. Right. there you go. Thank you. My mind went blank. I went to resilient. I was like, what? I can't even <laughs> yeah, remember. That. It's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, So um, lastly, we, me and Molly flicked through again, chat GPT, because we thought, surely they'll have a good quote, right? And we, we did pick um, one that we think that does seem positive and seems to present the right message but again let us know if, if it isn't um and we wondered if you would agree and this i reckon this was the best quote out of them all in terms of like we we had a list of what yeah like 10 except already i'm doubting it <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 after this discussion <laughs> yeah. i already am like sort of question it so every person regardless of their height deserves love respect and equal opportunity it's much better but again, you're having to remind them regardless of their height. So even if they're small, you should love them. And they, they, you know, I think it's a good one to end on. I do think it's better. Well, we can change it. Every actually, person deserves love, respect, and equal opportunity. Yeah, yeah. There but you still have to put the height into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. You don't regardless person. of the height. No, yeah. 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 So we can just easily change it. To be fair, me and Molly did look at each other when we picked that one, and we were like, "I reckon. I yeah. still reckon." Because and even like, yeah. if you take it, like, strip it right back, and not even talking about any sort of disabilities or anything, like you know, in like a loving relationship, you know, you, you're not meant to love someone in spite of them, are you? Yeah. Or despite something, you're meant to love them because of it. Yeah. And if you apply that reason to this, yeah, what the fuck? What do you mean, regardless of their height? Their height yeah. should be nothing to do with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so that's a good point. Yeah. Very good point. Should we end it on? Should we? Shall I read that quote again? Every person deserves love, respect, and equal opportunity. Amazing. And I just want to say a huge, huge thank you to you, Erin, for coming and taking the time to chat to us again. (laughs) We have absolutely loved having you on. Um, This is the second time we've interviewed you, and I've actually learned new stuff today as well you know it's so so interesting and thank you for coming down because you know we're not on the same campus we might be in the same city which is lovely but we're not on the same campus so thank you so much um and yeah if our listeners have any questions whether it's for you or just for us and we can direct them to you then please come over to the instagram we actually posted a question on the instagram yesterday about this topic so if you've got new thoughts maybe you've got you know, just ideas that you want to share or questions that you want to ask us, you know, we really want to keep this conversation going. Like Erin said, beyond October, that's what we all need to be trying to do, us included. Um, Yeah, yeah, come and speak to us on the Instagram about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I want to reiterate everything Molly said. Yeah, thank you. Um, you And is there anything you want to say, Erin, before we finish? Like anything that you feel like we've not touched on that you feel like we should have? I think you've really covered a lot today and i just want to say thank you thank you for inviting us because it's these kind of things that do raise awareness hopefully um you know it's 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 those opportunities because most people they they want to do the the everyday popular sort of things like you know it's black history month yes we should be still doing that because unfortunately there's still racism so Mm. go for it but people just think with dwarves i know they're happy little people they're fine you know, so it's great to have this space. And yeah, it's always just great to speak to you too. Oh, we've Thank loved you. it. Thank you so much. I've got much. so many questions still. We'll have <laughs> no. to have you back on. Yeah. Can we continue running, long, longest running guest, I guess? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, this has been Stupid Genius and we'll see you next week, guys. Bye. Bye. Love you, bye.